You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we have Jen Ash, who is a stage manager and has worked on Wicked, Darren Hansen, and Come From Away, both on tour and on Broadway. Hi, Jen. Hey, Mason. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Would you like to talk about how you got to where you are now? Sure. I mean, um, the kind of quick version of it is that uh, I grew up in Texas and was really drawn to live theater and realized that there wasn't much of an outlet for that there. So as I got older, I decided to, you know, take a jump and come to New York City and, and try it out and found out that I was actually, you know, fairly good at partaking in, in management positions and, you know, had the added perk of being paid for it and being given jobs. Uh, so when I moved to New York, I actually interned uh, with the Juilliard for a year. They do a professional apprenticeship uh, program for stage managers and other technical positions uh, in the theater and in the arts. Uh, So I did that for a year when I moved up here. And then I kind of just started to slowly kind of venture out a little bit. I eventually ended up with an internship on Wicked. And then by virtue of that, ended up kind of sticking with them and became one of their substitute stage managers. So um, subbed with them for a little while. By virtue of them, got connected with the show Peter and the Star Catcher when it was going out on the road was able to partake in that. And then I've pretty much just kind of been bouncing around ever since. Cool. How would you best define your job as a stage manager? Oh, that's a fun question because it's so very complicated depending on who you talk to. Um, the best way that I can kind of um, explain it, though, it's always like I felt kind of um, the most straightforward is that you've got all these multiple positions within theater, within a production. So if you picture like a wagon wheel kind of situation, that would be the production. And all of these other departments and other jobs are the spokes of the wheel. And stage managers are part of the central hub, kind of keeping everything together that all things are kind of tied to and go through. So we're kind of main channel of information that one that we hold together helped kind of keep it kind of comes to mounting a production, we're kind of the go-to people that help teach new performers coming into the show what their traffic is. We're in charge of blocking, rehearsals. Um, once a show is actually open, we're in charge of the maintenance and the safety backstage. 
helping to kind of keep tabs on what's happening as everybody has their jobs and, and, you know, it's, it's a, you help me, I'll help you kind of situation. We all just kind of have eyes on everything. And then stage managers also help productions, which, uh, the vast shows, for example, if you turn on, turn off, um, every sound cue that happens, all of those moments, including the very start of the show, are what we call cued, and they're cued by the calling stage manager. So nothing happens within a show without that person saying the word go or flipping a cue light to help tell somebody that it's time for them to execute a cue. Um, so for that, you're kind of the main person that's behind like the wheel of the car or in the cockpit of, of airplane so to speak so you know the, the kind of joke is when you're calling the show you're num you're the you're the one behind the wheel you're driving the bus uh, so yeah the, those are kind of the big i guess you know overarching nuancey tasks that also get tied in but those are the kind of big like mile markers what would you include in a summary of your days oh um if i were in the rehearsal process so typically the day would start with um, management coming in a little early to the studio or whatever space you're rehearsing in and making sure that everything is prepped for the day based on what's been scheduled with the creative staff and the artist. Um, and that goes from everything, you know, to setting up certain props for the rehearsal process and what's going to be done within that scene. If, if rehearsal costumes are necessary, then we'll make sure that those are easily accessible and are things that people can get into. And then once people start showing up, you know, we're the ones that make sure that everybody's there on time, keep tabs on everything, make sure that people get appropriate breaks as we're working. And then we also record as much of the data and kind of compile everything that's happening in the room. So you'll take notes, you'll try to familiarize yourself as much with everything that's happening in the room. And then at the end of the day, you'll one, summarize all of that information so that people who weren't physically there can have an idea of what has a report and then a in performance, a performance report. And that goes out to everybody that's involved in the production. And then simultaneously, you would also prep the schedule for the next day with your director and creatives in the room. So that's kind of the big thing. As far as the show goes, if you're actually up and running, your day similarly would start with you coming in a little bit early, trying to get a breakdown of who's in and who's out for the show for that evening. So if, for example, if you have understudies going on that they're aware that they're going on, if people have called out that other departments know that the understudy is going to go on so that that way, you know, like the costuming department can make sure that this person's, you know, clothes are ready for them to jump into that track that the sound department knows that, that they have that person's mic queued up and ready to go and that kind of thing. So that'll happen. The crew will do preset and then simultaneously we'll kind of go around and make sure that everything's set up, ready to go. And then we'll start the show and same thing, kind of at the end of the day, we'll summarize everything that happened for people that aren't there on the day to day so that they can kind of quickly look and see what happened. If, if there were any injuries, if, if something broke or, or something weird happened and, and how that was solved or troubleshooted. And then you kind of pack up and then do it all again. So on the road or on tour, what tasks are added to your job? Right. So that's actually a really good question because on top of 
the kind of normal day-to-day. -day. So for like most of these bigger Broadway shows, they're all sitting down in these houses for an extended period of time. The biggest difference obviously, that you're taking that production and production. So, I mean, think of a play in a box, like every single set piece, every single prop, every single costume piece, all of that goes into trucks and travels. And so, additionally, the management team is kind of responsible for showing up to the theater a little bit earlier, as the crew would usually, typically. And while the crew is loading in the show and kind of setting up within the space, we would walk around and one, look at the new layout of the theater because it's a building that most people either haven't been in at all or will present different challenges depending on what your show is. So we'll walk around, walk the path, make sure that things are easily final, that people can find their way, assign dressing rooms, make sure that we're putting people in locations where things are most convenient for everybody to get in and do their job. So we'll go in, we'll hang up directional signage. If, if you've ever been uh, backstage in any theater in any touring house, you'll often see a lot of, lots of arrows telling you, you know, where so-and-so's dressing room is, where the call board is. And that's the kind of pattern get to the stage. We can do a touch check and mount the show up again. That It's as consistent as possible, even with all the kind of extenuating circumstances and changing environment. You know, and there are also other things too, like, you know, every time you move a show, different cities and different theaters respond to weather differently. You know, so depending on what that show is, sometimes a lot of people have trouble with the weather. Sometimes, you know, all of a sudden they're dealing with that. And then on top of that, still having to do an eight show week, trying to navigate that. So those are things that we try to kind of give people a little bit of a heads up on to, again, just try to make the day-to-day -day as easy as possible. I mean, the fact that you know, we're all on the road on tour base. And so the one thing that is the constant is the show, is the production itself, which is kind of, you know, like the solid point that we all stick down to. But all of the other outside circumstances are what change around that so our job is to help make like, all those changing factors from city to city either noticeable to make people aware of them or streamlined to kind of try to make it easier so that they can still do their jobs hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When you make a call script, what is the most important thing to include other than the cues themselves? Oh, oh, that's a fun one. Um, well, so calling the show is very, um, it, it's very specific to the person. There are different productions that will change up in how for example, a call is created and set up within the tech process. And so sometimes that means that the production stage manager who set that show up either will like call based off of music or 
they'll add in musical counts and that kind of thing. And other people take the script, but each version of it is that person's own. So for example, I call Dear Evan Hansen, Come From Away, and Wicked. And so I have the same script that all of these other people have, but each copy of it that I have for each show is my specific copy. Um, and so because of that, there are so many notes and scribbles and little notations and things like that that I use to make sense of things for myself or how to help guide my way into like where a specific cue will land. So all of those like little notes and tricks and things are, are particularly important. You know, um, for example, for Wicked, I have a little note in my call script to remind myself, you know, of which alphabet is on because some girls are faster running downstairs than others. So it means that, you know, a cue might change as to like when it lands. And that's valuable information for me um, to have, especially because I pop in and out. But also another stage manager may not necessarily need to write that down. So it's all specific to you and how that process kind of comes to fruition in your brain. I mean, the best way to kind of describe it is, you know, um, as everybody goes through school, everybody studies differently. You know, everybody studies and preps for an exam differently. And that's kind of the same thing. So all of those like little nuances, I think, are very important. Um, I also think that in a call script, aside from just the general cues themselves, aside from how you get there, it's also knowing what's moving and what's happening in those cues. So it's very easy to, you know, say, okay, I'm writing down cue, lighting cues one through 10, and they go in certain places within your script. But if you also don't know or are aware of what those cues do, then that's problematic because if something happens or goes wrong, you have less of a variance in being able to troubleshoot and try to figure something out or being able to like find a temporary solution that'll help you around that. So for example, if you don't know that a certain like you brings up light in a certain area, if it doesn't happen or doesn't execute properly, you won't have the backup plan or added bonus of being able to like know that you have, you know, a certain amount of people who are operating a follow spot. So you can have somebody pick them up kind of in the moment to kind of help facilitate that issue that happened until you guys can fix it, if that kind of makes sense. But yeah, I just, I think it's, um, I also think that it's something that's a little lost as, as more and more, as I get older and more people kind of come into stage management, I realize that, you know, a lot of people are so excited to call a show and make a call script and kind of jump in. But sometimes you forget that it's more than just what's on right. That's a, I mean, that's a really valid question. And a lot of people have very differing opinions about it. Um, something that I think is very valuable to make people aware of is that stage management is also the kind of job that you learn it by doing it. You experience more once you're actually on the floor and in the field and doing it. As much as you can kind of prepare for it, you're always going to be set up in a different situation because nothing is ever really cut and dry depending on the shows because everything has its own little like each show has its own differences and nuances and, and kind of you know fun little unique quirks um so that's something and there's a lot of the kind of interpersonal stuff too in communicating with people that you just don't learn necessarily from from an academic environment. Now, that being said, 
I think that in general, it's important to kind of diversify your education because again, it, as a stage manager, one, it helps make you more, one, it, it gives you a little bit more of an, into, like, an intellectual base in speaking to people when something happens or trying to set something up. So for example, you know, I, I don't know enough about automation to sit down and, and run scenery for show, but I know enough about the basics of it so that if I'm asking, you know, an automation carpenter to do something, I have an idea of how long it's going to take him to do it and can kind of be empathetic to that and, and be able to like work with that or be the bridge as long as it is and that kind of thing. Um, it also means that you just generally have a better sense of awareness of kind of what's going on around you, which I think is extremely important. I mean, as a stage manager, kind of in training, so to speak, when I decided that I wanted to do it and started taking more theater classes uh, back in college, my whole thing was because stage managers kind of have their hand in so many places, it was important for me to kind of supplement my education so that I could be more aware of, of what certain things took or what certain things were. And to that effect, I also took acting classes. I also took dance classes because that's also a thing too, that as a stage manager, it's also important to kind of know what life is like on the other side of that as well. So if I'm, you know, speaking to a performer about an issue that they have or trying to explain something, it's really important that it's like, hey, like, I can't do what you do every night, but I have an idea of what happens. And so this is how I'm going to help you do your job, kind of a situation. And I think that that goes across the board with everybody. And, you know, obviously, the old adage, I feel like, you know, is, is the knowledge is power kind of situation, I think is very applicable in, in our industry. And especially as it continues to change and evolve, it's just super important to kind of keep, you know, kind of keep your bearings on what's happening and what's changing around you as well. The last question I have is what are you doing during quarantine to keep yourself entertained? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the big quarantine question. Well, um, I have been cooking a lot. I've been cooking a ton, uh, which is really fun because I typically don't have the the most time to kind of cook and meal prep and kind of you know do that I used to be such a fast food junkie which is like so disgusting and so bad for you but I mean it's it's quick and convenient and you know having worked on tour for so long when that was like the only option available um it, it's it's just kind of really nice to get back in the kitchen and be able to like do that and you know take the time to actually kind of make stuff from scratch and kind of have my like little moments of nostalgia and making the things that my mom used to make because I actually had the time to do it. Um, and that takes up a lot of time too. So, you know, making a lot of like crazy things from scratch has is, is been great. Um, I've also been doing a lot of puzzles recently, but I feel like everybody is. I mean, I'm sure you have too. I don't know, right? Uh, I'm mostly doing online stuff. Oh, see, yeah, you're a youngin. You're, 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 you're good at the online stuff. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm doing a lot of puzzles. I'm, I'm trying to read a lot um, and just kind of stay, you know, as active as possible and kind of trying to pass the time. I have been watching a lot of TV shows because that's a thing too. I don't have a lot of time to actually watch TV and watch movies. So I'm, you know, as, as crazy as it is, it's, it's a good chance to sit and binge as much as I can. Well, thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you for having me. No problem. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 